Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. ESPN literally pays thousands of dollars for access to uh, to these basic statistics that we buy from Sports Source Analytics, and and I do a lot of work. Um, I have a I've, I've written a lot of code that that combines them and makes lots of useful stuff, and lots of other people use it on the on the advanced stats page. But honestly, I, I I could really go in there and just completely fuck with it, like to make sure that like well I don't know like Alabama looks a little bit worse. You know, maybe just ten percent. Where's like shave everything in Alabama by ten percent, and nobody would know, um, and probably end up affecting like the, uh, you know, the co- the selection for the college football playoff or something like that. <laughs> that'd, that'd be awesome. Be like a uh, uh, your your very subtle changes would be like in a um, office space where the guys are just like taking the uh, like the roundup, you know, pennies. And and getting them all, you know, into a special bank account. Your your age is showing. You know that started with Superman two, right? Uh, Superman three. Yeah. Was it three? It was three. With Richard Pryor. With I Richard thought it was Pryor. two. And I'll tell you what, as a kid, uh, that that uh, when when that lady got sucked up into the machine there at the end and became like uh, a kind of cyborg type thing, scared the piss uh-huh. out of me. Uh. <laughs> Um, we should be recording this because this is actually pretty good material. What yeah, think, it is. What do you think I'm doing? Of course I'm hitting the record button. Hello, everybody. We Welcome recording? to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Uh, we sure hope, by golly, that you enjoyed the pre-show uh, where, you know, as we like to call it the production meeting. I always keep that taper running because you never know what you're going to find. My name is Greg Mahochko. I'm joined by one other member of the tripod, Hoss Reuter. He is out uh, preparing for finals this week uh, for his semester. John Dam Johnston is here. Hello, John. Hi. Okay. And uh, also from Coronation, Paul Dalen. Paul, welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast, sir. Uh, uh, hello. I would like to add that I, too, have uh, grad school finals this week, but I found time to be on this podcast. So oh. do what you will with that. Throwing a little shade <laughs> at Haas's direction. I see how it is. Um, so, uh, can we just say real quick before we get going and talking about Nebraska athletics that uh, there has been probably one good Superman movie made, and it was the very first Christopher Reeve Superman movie? Okay. That was random. Well, no, because yeah. we were just talking about even, Superman 3. Even in the context of what we were just talking about. Um, yeah. It, you know what? You're trying to make that argument to a, to a, to a Marvel guy. I don't even like DC Comics. Never have. Hmm. I think it's like like Batman is stupid. Um, so yeah, I'll go with that. Counterpoint. Sure. Counterpoint. Uh, <laughs> DC has the best characters on the page, and uh, they have the best individual stories. You know, like collected graphic novel stories. Uh, I would put uh, some of Batman's stories up against anything. Uh, Marvel has by far more cinematic success, but this is 
no disrespect to the creative minds like Kevin Feige. I think they fell ass backwards into it. Um, and, and it just steamrolled into more success. More credit to them. By God, DC hasn't quite figured it out yet, uh, on, on the sustained scale. But, uh, uh I think that DC has the better in, in comic book form, because I'm a nerd, in comic book form, DC has the better stories. I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, the, uh, the DC story, the, the characters in DC don't have what I, what I like about the Marvel characters is, is in general, they, they have more, they're more vulnerability, which actually makes them more relatable. I think who owns um, Spider-Man who owns oh, Spider-Man Marvel, Marvel Spider-Man. And Spider-Man is absolutely the best, uh, best character out there. I mean, because completely plausible. I mean, who among us hasn't gone on a field trip to like a a nuclear laboratory and gotten bit by a spider and turned into Spider-Man? I mean, really, it could seriously. It's it's really plausible. I mean, unlike like that, like Batman weirdo. You know, I mean, which is someone who which is had, who, who is, watched which, let, let, Let's admit, Batman is just like Iron Man in a in a in a black suit with with a you know with a car. So <laughs> now he also has the Batwing. He's got he's the got, Bat boat. Everything it, it, he, he has, got, Robin. He's got bat everything. He's got bat shit everywhere. I let, mean, they could just call him Guano Man because he's got bat shit. <laughs> let's not forget in in the in the 1966 Adam West version, he had bat shark repellent. Yes, and let me tell you, you're going to need that a lot more than you're going to need uh, your web devices. I'm just saying, just saying. I agree. <laughs> so anyway, uh, athletics, and uh, and can I can I ask a question, John? I'm going to direct this question directly to you since uh, coronation is is your baby. Oh God. Coronation.com right now yes. on. Did we lose a bet? What do you mean? Did we lose a bet to like Blackheart Gold Pants? No. So on the uh, Nebraska Iowa Game Center, there is a picture of the state of Iowa that says "Best State Ever." I see that. I don't know why that's there. Okay. We should just remove that. It's basketball season. By God, you're right. And uh, for in the- fact, here I'm just going to change the story layout right now and remove the Iowa games. Look, it, it, remove and push changes live, and it's no longer there. I'm hitting refresh, not because I don't believe you, but because I want to see something that doesn't have Iowa as the best state ever on Coronation.com. By God, you know. I'm pretty sure the backstory behind the whole Iowa best state ever thing was like, I think it started with us like three or four years ago, just kind of making fun of them. Um, I, I really think that that's a tongue in cheek thing. So taking it off, I mean, I guess if you don't know the backstory, we might think that actually Iowa is the best state ever, which, which just means it's, it's actually the second best state ever. But, um, uh, <laughs> you didn't have a follow-up to that you were no, no i just i just i just think it's funny like i have like the uh um i don't know i i think it's funny um i, I send it, i send it to my my buddy all the time 
So, but you're also a well, it's Iowa now native. Replaced so. by Nebraska football recruiting. Say that again, John. It's, it's now the layout. That layout spot has been replaced by Nebraska football recruiting. Oh, I didn't. I thought we took like the year off from recruiting this year, and then we have like four recruits. <laughs> I don't know. I keep saying that we're really we're really playing chicken with the uh, national signing day this year. Um, I it's it's a bold strategy. Uh, let's see if it pays off. Um, I don't know. I hope we don't end national signing day with like seventeen recruits. <laughs> so I, I don't pay attention to it. So I'm sure that there are plenty of silent commits. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> We I will. So. Like I, that meme says, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see <laughs> how it works out for him. <laughs> so. You know, I will say that I saw Jason Peter last week on Twitter talking about the fact that Nebraska is not going to get a lot of four and five star recruits. Uh, what we're going to have to do is get three star recruits and develop them into better players. And as we do that and progress in that, then we will get better four and five star players. And uh, I think that that's – I think he's correct on that. I think that we keep looking for, oh, we have to have these four- and five-star guys. And the bulk of our team is probably not going to be made up by those people for a very long time. So we are going to have to have coaches that will develop players to get much more out of them than them just showing up and being great athletes. And that's I hope why- that our coaching staff is up to it. There you go. And that's why I don't mind, you know, especially right now when we, ha- when we have so many holes to fill, you know, we need a pass rush. We need, you know, uh, some um, depth at linebacker. We probably need something to happen in, in the uh, in the wide receiver room as well. But that's why I don't mind going after the JUCOs because they're already a little bit older, a little bit, you know, bigger as far as, you know, physically developed, things like that. Um, you know, it's a, I, I don't know. It's, it's just a, it, it feels like I, I, I hate, I don't think that, you know, necessarily, you know, recruiting from Juco is, is hitting the panic button, but when you need, uh, results now, you know, you, you might not be able to wait to, and it, John, don't get me wrong. I'm a I'm hundred percent agreement with you of, as far as developing, uh, you know, young talent, whether it be a three-star or a four-star, even, you know, the rare five-star that Nebraska might get because you don't want somebody to have peaked, you know, as a high school senior or your college freshman and, and, you know, the five stars as good as they get, you want them to, you know, progress and develop. Um, but I just feel like right now we, we just need, you know, to, to continue to improve, to, you know, get to a bowl game next year. We need guys who can come in, you know, step in and play, next year at a Big Ten level. Yes, we do. And we do have a – we got a commit from some guy named Ativa Maga. I don't know. Anyway, it looks like uh, most of the people that we're, we're going after in the JUCO ranks are all defensive players with the exception of wide receiver Omar Manning, who is – Apparently a big body. Just say I don't follow recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've seen you, 
you saw you saw the same list I did, and you basically just stole my thunder because that's the only comment I have about about recruiting this year. Other than that, we just don't have very many of them yet. Um, no, the we, recruiting guys say that there's more than we think there are because they're silent commits, and I don't know. Given the way that this staff kind of operates, where they don't say a lot and they don't talk a lot except for when scott frost stands up and says we have a team with weak confidence or we shouldn't have called those cute plays the first half of the iowa game and now it's time to just get done and win the game you know they don't say a whole lot about stuff (sighs) yeah they don't they don't discuss injuries they don't discuss so this actually uh I'm, i'm glad that we're talking about this i feel like it's a very natural transition uh we heard in the preseason, in, you know, fall camp or whatever, that uh, a couple of players were suspended, and that was Andre Hunt and Katerian Legrone were suspended. We didn't know why. Uh, oh, boy, we know now. Uh, and that is that uh, earlier this week, the two were arrested uh, for uh one for first degree sexual assault right uh Katerine Legrone uh arrested for first degree sexual assault and uh Andre Hunt was uh uh for aid in abetting a first degree sexual assault and that's all we I mean I, I can't say that's all we know but I, f- I feel like that's all that's been announced my question is obviously these guys have not played you know uh, a single down as a as a husker I don't believe um no no, they didn't. But how? And, and I'm going to add, pose this in a way that I don't. I hope it doesn't come off as an indictment against the program. But how much was known and not said? You know, like why weren't why be arrested in December and not in September? You know, uh, because this isn't murder. There's not a body. Sexual assault, I think, you know, and I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a policeman. I think sexual assault is particularly difficult to prove. And if you're going to bring charges against somebody, typically you're going to have to make sure that you can actually prosecute a case. So I I think that this is a case and this is all speculation and wild speculation. But it's the case of which one woman came forward in August, apparently, or before that, and said something, and now that that has gotten out, perhaps there's probably been more people that have accused them. In fact, there was an ESPN report that came out that said uh, reports include an August 2018 report of an alleged rape, naming Legrone and another player. September 2018 alleged rape, naming Legrone. February 2019 alleged rape, naming Hunt. Two April 2019 reports of alleged sexual assault and molestation fondling. You know, it's so if you ask why does it take this long, uh, you know, I it probably because investigations take a while. And, you know, I guess we could say that uh, these were probably it looks like these were under the university's Title IX office and not necessarily. Oh, these are police reports. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know why it would take this long. I mean, you'd think with uh, August 2018 and then September 2018 for Legron, I I have no idea what it would take them. Except that it's difficult to prove, I guess. 
yeah, I, I, I don't think there's anything unusual about the time. Okay. Um, I mean, we, we kind of think that life, you know, the, these things happen according to, you know, in 45 minutes, like on it, like law and order SVU or something. And this, I don't, that's just not the case. Um, it take, it does take a while because it's unless, unless they're really dumb and film, um, <laughs> uh, you know, what they're doing. It, it you have to it takes time you get you get statements and and from what i understand um both of the uh both of the guys made false statements to two investigators at the beginning um which one of them is charged with and you know and and that ultimately usually can lead investigators down a different direction if they implicate someone else. And there's just a lot of things that can, that, that, that it takes a long time for this to work out. Um, it, I, I don't think it's anything unusual that, you know, that you would announce that you're actually a subject of an investigation. Um, and then a warrant is, is put out, you know, four months later. It, so let me ask you guys, in, in your opinions, uh, obviously they were suspended, you know, for, through the entirety of the season, based on the investigation. Or, I mean, how do you think that Scott Frost knew that you know these allegations were there, and that's why they were suspended uh, per the investigation? I mean. And if so, and he did not disclose that, is that just along his same lines of he doesn't discuss, you know, just like he doesn't discuss injuries, he doesn't get into, you know, kind of personnel issues? Well, no, he absolutely does get into personnel issues. But this is also one of those things that, that you know, as the sort of the CEO of the program, the commander of the program, and he has to make a decision. It's not it's not to him to to prejudice their case one way or another. Sure. He's not investigating it. You know, hopefully he learns some lessons um about, you know, just how badly it goes when you try and influence the, the direction of the case in one direction or another. Um but he also has the reputation and the public perception of the program to to deal with it's 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 i think it's completely appropriate that if someone is arrested for or or implicated in a serious felony or in this case a series of serious felonies they should be removed from the program until that such time as it's clear what happened okay they're either innocent or not i mean i don't think i don't think suspending someone from the program is inappropriate because the program is nobody has a right to play Nebraska football. You can, you can, even if they come back and say that, that they weren't, uh, they weren't guilty or they didn't do anything. (laughs) Almost in, in my years of experience, almost always, even if someone isn't guilty of the, of, 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 of an allegation of which they were, accused they were almost always in some kind of situation that that something was going down that they shouldn't have been there um and i don't know nebraskans just i think at this point between um brenda tracy 
coming and speaking to the team a couple of years ago and the and the and the you know the traction that her story has gotten and you know the more we know about sort of the the things that happened you know during the you know during the the you know the heyday of Nebraska football in the 90s i mean we there's some a lot of bad shit that happened um i don't think anybody wants to go back to that you know this is this is college football in the me too era and this is just not something you we should be messing around with but for clarification's sake i i'm not disagreeing with the the fact that they were suspended i just i just didn't know how much of this you know i, I didn't know anything of this I'm, I'm speaking for myself i don't know i didn't know the reason they were suspended uh and you know if if frost knew you know, and made that decision to suspend them based on allegations and the investigation. Oh, he, did, he did that based on a Title IX. It appears that he did that on the basis of a Title IX investigation that okay. was carried out in August. Okay. Um, Keep in mind that these things, the reports include the August 2018 report of an alleged rape naming Legron. Those didn't come in. Those reports, and it's kind of hard, it's kind of hard to understand this. Those reports weren't made at the time, that, like August 2018, apparently. From reading the ESPN article, all of those reports were made to the police since Friday. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so just, they almost never get caught on the first time is, is when it happens. I mean, they, it really – Apparently the people didn't report it in August 2018 or September 2018. They reported since the other thing had gone public. Gotcha. Right. All right. Um, all right. I mean, I, I don't really have anything That's else. That's what I'm getting out of this. Okay. I think, I think it's a good policy in general to say if you are implicated, even if your name comes up tangentially in, in connection with a felony, um, you're, you're suspended from the team until, until such time as you can be cleared. Um, I, I, I just, I just don't think we can, we can take the chance, take the chance of, of playing someone that, you know, what, what if we had, what if he, you know, had done, you know, the, the Lawrence Phillips approach and, and kept him on the team and maybe they didn't play, but, they still were practicing there and still part of the team. And then they get arrested for this, which is basically three counts of rape, essentially. Um, at least that, that just doesn't reflect very well on Frost um, and, it, and it's distractions. And I, I don't blame Frost for saying, you know what? I'm not going to mess around with that. You know? No. Yeah. I in if, complete if you're living so close to fel, if you know, if if your life takes you so close to the commission of felonies by other people, I don't want you on our team. You know, I'll need to just back away from that stuff. Is is I really think that's the best best way to go. Uh, at the end of the ESPN.com article, it says that the university set a two and a half year suspension so that the uh, woman could complete her education, quote, free from a hostile environment. Uh, now, does that mean that they're not allowed on campus for two and a half years? 
Yes. Okay. I just I I thought so. I just wanted to to make sure. So uh, appeals. I mean, this is not going to be something that's you know, as you guys said, it's not Law and Order SVU where this is going to be decided in you know forty five minutes or or you know come back next week for the uh, thrilling conclusion. Uh, this is going to be something that is you know works its way through the legal system. But uh, these are a couple of names that we don't really have to worry about anymore. I'd imagine. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not coming back. So, um, well, I think that is no, no. They're not coming back. No, no. Uh, <laughs> no I was going to say. I, I said, let's let's take a time out. When we come back, uh, we will talk about less depressing uh, news and notes on the Five Heart Podcast with John Dam Johnston, Paul Dalen, and me, Greg Mahachko. Welcome back to the what five. What the hell are we talking about? Oh my god, John! Every time, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I don't do this every time. Every time, but right as I'm starting up the, you know, coming back uh, from the break, you, you gotta gotta jump on me, man. It's it's pump the you're break. Like, you're like Leroy. Je- uh, what was it, Leroy Jenkins? Jenkins. Yep. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, I think it's a pretty good plan. We should be able to pull it off this time. Uh, what do you think, Abdul? Can you give me a number crunch real quick? Uh, yeah, give me a sec. I'm coming up with 32.33, uh, repeating, of course, percentage of survival. Oh, that's a lot better than we usually do. Uh, All right, thumbs up. Ready, guys? Let's or- do this. Leroy Jenkins! Oh, my God, he just ran in. Oh, I'll show oh, you the video. Oh, come on, No, you're, no. I don't believe you don't know who Leroy Jenkins is. I don't. I'll, I'll send you the video when we're done, John. Okay. Three, two. Leroy one. Jenkins. Okay. <laughs> I should just leave all this in, but yeah, three. I would. Now people are going to really find out that I do know how to count down from three. Three, we're delaying this podcast two, the way the Republicans can delay a, a congressional hearing. I mean, with with extreme prejudice. <laughs> I'll be quiet. <laughs> I was waiting for both of you to be quiet at the same time. It'd be great. Okay. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahachko, John Dam Johnston, Paul Dalen here. And uh, in the break, we learned a very interesting fact about Paul. And uh, let me let me set the story, set the stage, if you will, of, of how we got there. Uh, John is an old man, and uh, he admitted to us that he uh, was going AMA against medical advice and shoveling snow yesterday. And he comes back sore and grunting, and Ugh, I'm hurting so bad. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, and Paul who lives uh, in Texas. I'm, that's as speci- as, that is as specific as I'm going to get. Um, oh, I, I live in San Antonio. There are a million and a half people here. If somebody wants to find me, they can find me. It's okay. not a I'll big find thing. you. Paul, who lives in San Antonio, says, what is snow? And he goes on to say, I don't own any pants. Paul, my hero. Pantsless Paul. That's the name of the show. We also found out that John doesn't know who Leroy Jenkins is. Okay, so. whatever. Yeah, I, I, 
There are 1.5 million people in San Antonio. How many of them are named Leroy Jenkins? <laughs> well, I don't know. If, well, probably odds are some of them are. Um, but uh, 300. You have run a website for 20 years and you don't know who Leroy Jenkins is. That doesn't that does not comport. That you is, know what Numa Numa is? I, yes. I do. Okay, my fine. Yeah, you know what? I don't remember yeah, all of this stuff because it's not important to my day to day life. Sorry. What was that? Numa Numa, bitch. <laughs> okay. Okay. What are, what are we actually going to talk about besides Paul's pants the second half of the show? God, oh, yeah. I hate the off season. <laughs> I I feel like we could. I feel like we could fill an entire second half of the show just talking about Paul's pants. You know what I mean? He doesn't have any. Eh, I didn't say it was going to be a long show tonight. That's true. <laughs> no, uh, we're going to talk some football. And Paul's here with some stats uh, to uh, prove why Nebraska is trending in the right direction. I am going to start things with the first stat of all. Nebraska, in, and, and I put this on Twitter a week and a half ago. Nebraska in 2018 was 4-8. and eight. And in 2019 was five and seven. Alabama in 2018 regular season was 12 and 0. And in 2019 was 10 and 2. Hence and therefore, and Paul, you're the numbers guy. You're going to back me up on this. Nebraska is trending up and Alabama's trending down. Take it away, Paul. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> we'll see how, see how it works out for you. I mean, I'm not wrong. Based on the numbers. Well, I'm not sure that it, that, well, I do know this. You can't have a trend with two data points for starters. So, so, um, uh, I would, I would encourage you to go back to your, to your, uh, uh, data and, and, and rework it. So, so here's, here's what I got to say about this year's statistics. Um, in nearly every, offensive and defensive category we were almost identical um i mean average average points per game for nebraska was 28 our opponents was 27.8 total of 336 points scored uh 333 points against i mean it's 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 just crazy except for two um, two statistical categories. One, red zone success. Um, our opponents were 91% and we were 75%. But here's where I honestly think the difference between seven and five and five and seven is right here. Our field goal percentage, we were 60%. We were 20 for 12. We lost to Colorado by three points. We lost to Indiana um, well, by seven. We lost to Purdue by four points. We lost to Iowa by three points. Um, we probably are a seven and five team with a good, uh, good field goal kicker. So yeah, let's let's chew on that for a little bit. Well, um, let, let, can I take that one step further? Um, sure. As I mentioned, you know, five and seven. You just named uh, rattled off four games that were exceptionally winnable. In Colorado, Indiana, Purdue, Iowa, you know, uh, the ball bounces a different way one, you know, once in each of those games, or, you know, we have a field goal kicker against Colorado, 
instead of being five and seven, you might be nine and three. No, no, we were we were not going to be nine and three. All right, well, um, well, I mean, talk, talk me through we that. Should have been, we should have been six and six. Every 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 statistical category screams six and six. So um, so talk talk to me then. Explain to me why nine and three was not you know statistically feasible this season because again based on you know the the scenario that was just laid out you have four games that were decided by one score you know that that right um well um well mathematically once you get within 3 points so you're talking one score um one way or another, essentially the game essentially comes down to who's the last person with the foot or what the last team with the football. Um, so it, over the course of one season, yeah, Nebraska, it seems like Nebraska is routinely coming out on the, on the short end of these sticks. And it's making me wonder um, why we are consistently, um, you know, a game behind what we would expect to win. Um, based on our statistics. Um, Scott Frost right. said it. What? What he did he say? It, but he liked it. We have a team with weak confidence. Well, um, uh, I actually have a theory that that a team that is consistently always a little bit above its expected wins or always a little bit below, um, I think that's often more a – we can call it confidence. I, I tend to blame coaches, to tell you the truth. Um, That's because you're an angry person inside. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> but, 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 you know, back to this season, one would, you know, we would expect, you know, and, and this is true. Games finished um, uh, within three points um, over the course of multiple seasons, looking at the entire the entire corpus of games in the FBS, it, it almost always evens out to a team wins 50% of its games that are decided by three or fewer points. Um, and, and that shouldn't surprise anybody. It literally is the last person to score or the, the last person to have the football usually wins those, um, usually wins those games. Um, we just, I mean, we became, I've, we, we were, we were one in three um, on three-point games this year. It looks like so that tells me um, we we came up short on one. Now the, the probability of that isn't 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 surprising um, that it happens. You know, um, but is there a way to measure luck? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, over the course of multiple seasons. Um, you could argue, I think when, you know, I think when a team finishes, you know, one game under what it, you know, would have been expected, I'm not sure that's luck. Um, I think, well, yeah, it kind of is. They got, you know, one game under, um, teams that finish like three or four games, um, above and below what, you know, what their performance would, would, would indicate, that tells me that they just got really damn lucky on on multiple occasions. Um, Would you wait say a let, let like me, Nebraska twenty sixteen? I was just gonna say, yeah. I mean, talking, you know, comparing Mike Riley's first two seasons, 
you know, the the first one he ended, you know, into the regular season five and seven, and a lot of things didn't go right. And then, you know, though got those lucky bounces the next year, uh, just as you mentioned, twenty sixteen, and had a nine win season. Your expected wins is based upon this Pythagorean theorem of sports. Yes. Explain that in a nutshell. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Well, yeah. Um, well, that's that's what Pythagoras came up with. Bill James, who is the 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 baseball sports guru, um, wrote in one of his early statistical almanacs of baseball um, this 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 theorem that he came up with, which actually kind of looks like the the Pythagorean theorem. It's the only only relation to it to it. But in baseball, um, runs scored squared divided by um runs scored squared plus runs allowed squared um gives you a a, a number between 0 and 1 and if you take that times the number of games played it should give you a really close estimate of the number of games that that you would be expected to win i mean well in, in nebraska's case this year for instance um we we scored 338 and our point and our opponents scored 333 it came out to as close to 50% or 6 and 6 as you can get other than if we had given up five extra points it would have been exactly so that tells me um we would have expected to win six games i mean really if if you score about the same number of points as you give up over the course of a season you're probably going to be really close to 6 and 6 it's just the way it, it's just the way the the ball bounces if you end up between 5 and 7 and 7 and 5 i really think that's just it, it's almost the same as being 6 and 6 it's it's the you know the ball bounces one in one game one other way if you if you if you end up if if your numbers say you should be six and six and you end up three and nine or nine and three, you got really lucky or really unlucky. There's really no other way to account for the fact that 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 so much went your way or so much went against you. And in 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 2016, um, we won uh, two and a half games more than we would have normally have been expected. And in 2015, it was like the opposite. Um, we won like 1.9 fewer than we would, than we expected. It just gives me an idea of, you know, is the team performing or underperforming? Um, and when, when on the, 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 the one stat that really, really matters, which is scoring points and, and preventing your opponent from scoring points. Um, okay. Oh, and for what it's worth, um, we should have won 12 and a half games in 2009, but we didn't. <laughs> no, we did not. Oh, 2009. What a year. So <laughs> long ago. Yeah, it was. Can't you know, we are, we are uh, less than uh, we, almost two weeks left in the decade. That's no, crazy. That's not true. There's 54 weeks left in the decade. Okay, Mr. Guy that is technically correct, but nobody... You, See, no... God, I, but, you know... No, no, I'm no, 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 this San is... San Antonio finding your pantsless ass. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Okay. This is, this is, 
This that is making, this making a turn. Right I mean, seriously, God, <laughs> come on, Two, 2010 to 2020. Okay, I'm just going to shut up. You guys keep talking. Well, no, but, but this is 2020 would be 11 years, John. So imagine, I get that. Okay, okay but but <laughs> let, let's let's turn the calendar back a few years. 2000, the year 2000 was the beginning of a new millennium. It wasn't like the last year of the previous millennium. No. Yes. No, it wasn't. It yes. was the last year of the previous no. millennium. Was there a year zero? Yes. Yes. Really? Yes. What happened in year zero? Jesus Nobody was tells born. anybody. The aliens <laughs> planted the simulation on the Earth that we're living in. Oh. And okay. went from there. Okay. You're wrong. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I'm not, gonna argue, I'm not gonna argue about this. Jeez, uh, not, I'm going off the uh, The year 2000 was the beginning of the new millennium. That's why it's MM. And so 2010 was the start of a new decade. 2020 is the start of a new At least that's how it's being marketed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. I get this that. This is why but... people hate going to meetings with math people. But it, but it, it, you know, like so many other things in life, you know, just because you think something or it's, it, you know, because you have a weak mind and aren't able to think through the implications of what you're saying um, doesn't make it right. Unless you're a Republican, then it doesn't really matter. So. Wow. Because thing, we're going there. <laughs> we should just just take. 30 seconds and recalibrate ourselves. <laughs> For a minute there, I thought I was listening to the Big Red Cobcast. Um, so our, I got I to tell you, though, I, I mean, I, am I going to get the uh, Dalen stick to sports um, comment? Because that's really what I'm fishing for here. I've never had these stick to sports. I mean, you keep keep um, working on it. I'm sure by the end of the episode, somebody will say that in the comments. Um. Okay. I mean, if 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 that is your goal this episode, it's not. I I, I am I am if I am. John ha- wants to have his alternative facts. He can have his alternative facts. You're so damn right. I that can. Matter. And an alternative fact is that the millennium started in the year 2000. So that is an alternative fact. But I will go with that if we want. So let's move on. I guess. So, yes. What other What other statistics did you glean <laughs> from this past season that are relevant? That, to Husker fans who would like to hear more about that subject. The, the next statistic's going to be, we were really great in 2000, the last year of the last millennium, John. I, um, well, uh, just the fact that for every offensive statistic or every offensive performance, there was almost an equal counterbalancing defensive performance. Um, surprisingly, we weren't terrible on offense. Um, we should have been, there is no, there is no reason that we, we should have finished higher than like 70 in any category this year, but we have a lot of talent. Um, and even though that talent was crippled <laughs> big time, um, I think, uh, I think that came through. I think our defense was terrible. Um, and, uh, there's just no excuse for it. I think the numbers thoroughly support um, a change in defensive coordinators and and possibly multiple uh, defensive position coaches, but that's not going to happen. 
So I stopped beating that particular drum. Um, let's see. What else do I glean? Um, I don't know. Um, we were we were pathetically average um, in just about every in in we were slightly above it. We were above average, but not terribly above average offensively we were well below average defensively and we were an average team like we have been for years we follow up question have, we have been iowa <laughs> oh my god we have we have we have been inconsistent in the last 4 years we have won 4 games twice 5 games once and nine games once or, uh, and actually, and six games once. So, I mean, it, hell, if we're Iowa, we're probably due for an 11 win season next year. <laughs> so, so we can go with that too, I suppose. Right. Follow, follow up to something you it's said. It's about just... time. It's about time for, you know, for that breakthrough. Where the hell did that come from season? Um, Cause Iowa seems to have them about every six years or so, you know, and it'll be three wins or, or 12 wins. So what did you ask? Uh, going back to what you said earlier about, you know, when you were saying my, my two data points, you know, Nebraska and Alabama are not, you know, enough to determine any, which way anything's trending. I guess you could probably say the same as far as Scott Frost at Nebraska. You can't really tell based on the limited amount of data if we're actually trending in the right direction. Um, I, I am very cautious about drawing a lot of conclusions about what Nebraska under Scott Frost will look like. Um, I think, and this think, is, this is all emotion and not fact. Glean from that what you will. But I think with four wins and then five wins, that in seven years we're going to have 12 wins, and then in nine years we're going to be national champions. We're just going to keep well, winning, like, you know, next year we're going to have six wins, and then seven, and then eight, and nine, you know, we're just going to, never mind. I was trying, I'm, I'm trying to be funny, Paul. I'm trying to entertain people, make people laugh. Give them some hope, damn it. That's fine. That's cool. I'm, I'm down with that. Now you tell me what, what you think of my shenanigan nonsense. It's not nonsense. I believe in it. Thanks, John. Yeah. You're my boy, Blue. Yeah, I think that Nebraska has a lot of talent, and uh, in 2017, which obviously was Riley's last year and arguably our worst football year ever, um, or, or at least since Bill Jennings um, exited stage left, um, and 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 that is includes intentionally includes 2007, um, where our statistics said we should win four games and we won four games. We can't even say that we got lucky or, or, or we were just bad. We were a four win team in every way. Um, last year we were two games under achieving. Um, this year we're one game under um, where I expected us to be and, or where the end of the season numbers say we should have been that, that is, that is a positive trend. And, but I think that there is a good deal of mental 
not not necessarily weakness, but um, lack of mental toughness um, in the program that that tends to sort of you know self propagate from year to year as seniors you know start as freshmen and they grow up in a culture and they they sort of pass that along to the to the freshmen when they're seniors um we haven't we don't have that and it's going to be several more years of of sort of pruning the the weeds um to get to the to the mix of 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 players with the mental you know the the mental aspect like Wistrom. I mean, Wistrom was a great athletic talent. Jason Peter, Christian Peter were great athletic talents. Jamel Williams, great athletic talent. All of these guys though were were tremendous leaders in um off the field and you know in the locker room, um leading the team and building you know an expectation of in, in, invincibility in the team. It's I think it's going to take a good amount of time to get those kinds not just athletic ability but mental you know whatever that championship killer instinct is um to 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 get to that point. Do you think it's as you know the quote unquote frost guys continue to, you know, grow in the program. It's like like maybe when Wandale Robinson is a senior or, you know, if he's not going to be here that long, a junior. You know, when when you know the the Mike Riley guys are out and the Scott Frost guys are in, is that like the kind of the time frame you're thinking or um yeah, I I think I think in the past Nebraska has relied on has built its team around an offensive line, not just scheme wise and what we did say in the, you know, in the seventies, eighties, nineties, absolutely depended on having the best offensive line year in, year out in the country. Um, it allowed us to do what we need to do, but those offensive linemen were, were leaders on the team. And, they enforced a discipline um, that we're not seeing. You can't, you can bring in an offensive lineman, a Juco, but it takes time. John, this is kind of your passion. So please jump in here. Mm -hmm. But I really think that to, to have a powerful offensive and self-sustaining offensive line program, it has to be grown organically and to do that you probably need at least 4 if not 6 years to really get that that you know we call it the pipeline um and, and it has to develop a reputation amongst itself you it know does. It has to, and you, you you don't do that in a year or two you can have success in a year or in 2 years but that doesn't mean that you earn the reputation i mean when you look at two of our biggest opponents that we need to beat to be successful uh, begrudgingly, I'm going to say Iowa, and they're known for their lines. Uh, Wisconsin, and they're known for their lines. Uh, does, I don't think Nebraska has to necessarily be successful based upon its offensive line. 
us as fans constantly look at that like, well, we have to get lines. I think it's Scott Frost's offense with the way he uses space and uses tempo and moves around on the field quite a bit and, quite frankly, uses misdirection. Our offensive line is not necessarily as important as it was under the Tom Osborne era. And that's that's one place where fans, I think, I don't know, need to modify their mentality. I, you know, a lot of what we got angry with this year was uh, Adrian Martinez underperformance compared to what our expectations were or, or what he did the year before. Uh, I think Scott Frost's offense is way more dependent upon skill position players being very, very, very good, and especially at the quarterback position. I, I don't, I, I, and I don't disagree with that one bit. Um, I, I, when I brought up the offensive line, I brought it up though to illustrate that it takes time to organically develop a capability um, on the team that is self-sustaining. That that it is it does and 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 whether it is the offensive line which historically and I think it is an accurate historical statement to say that Nebraska has relied on on you know the having the best offensive line which enabled then us to do a lot of things offensively that we would not otherwise have been able to do with players that were not the 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 greatest um in the country um. But but we st- we we need to we need to develop at some point some kind you know some I don't know what the signature position at Nebraska under Scott Frost is going to end up being. Um, it, it, is it going to be Osborne's eye back? I don't know. Is it going to be the linebackers for Joe Paterno? I don't know. It's going to be something. I don't it, you know. It's probably going to be quarterback. Yeah. But it's 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 hard it's hard to say but we can't it's going to take time it's going to take four five six seasons before before we start seeing nebraska consistently winning 10 11 12 games um and once we're consistently winning 10 11 12 games and that might be six years from now that's when you start expecting that breakthrough to 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 you know, playing in the, in the, 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 the CFP. Well, if you look at the top four teams in the nation, right, the top four teams that are in the college football playoff, you've got LSU, Ohio state, Clemson, and Oklahoma. When you look at those four All teams, playing with each other's backup quarterbacks too. Yes. <laughs> but you look at it. I mean, Joe Burrow, Ohio, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Jalen hurts. I mean, all four of those teams have quarterbacks that are a way cut above most of the rest of the nation at that position. That could probably be the, the the first through four picks in the in the draft, actually. And right. Although Hurts probably is like tenth, but the other three probably are one, two, and three. And right. Trevor Lawrence is the only. I mean, he's the only one of the four that you mentioned who's actually stayed at the one school, right? Because he's, I think maybe Trevor Lawrence is a sophomore. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a true freshman last year. He wasn't. He hasn't been pushed school. out yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till he's a senior. Um, I, you ask what I saw. Um, I don't see this in the statistics, but I do see it in the team. To, to, to get to the college football playoff, to be playing and winning conference championships, um, you need to be all around a really, really good team. 
you can't have any weaknesses, but you need a superstar. Every single one of those teams you just you just rattle off on. And Ohio State has Chase Young, um, who is the best defensive player since since Sue. Um, you can't. I think you need a couple of you know generational kind of players um, on your team to to rise to that champ that true national championship level as well um it's going to take a while yeah yeah and the only way you're going to get them is to make them is to have them believe that they want to go they want they know that they're really good and they want to it's reason it's the same alabama keeps getting all these five stars because all the five stars you know they're used to winning and they want to keep winning so they keep going there you know it it's not just oh they're a four star, but if they go to Alabama, they must be a five star. No, it, they really are that good, and they really are going to Alabama because they want to win, and they expect to win, and have a much greater chance of winning a national championship or a conference championship at Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State than they do at Nebraska right now. So the the it's it's going to take it's going to take time, which is sort of the theme, I guess of the second hour here is to say we need to, we need to get past, you know, we need to get those goals. We got to win the, the, the fucking division, you know, it would be a good place to start. I mean, if you look at our division, what do we got? Fucking Iowa, Wisconsin, <laughs> fucking Northwestern and fucking Minnesota for crying out loud. And who else am I forgetting in there? Illinois, know, like, Illinois Purdue. and Purdue. Yeah. If we honestly, if we can't, if we can't get over that hump, we might as well just pack it in and truly be, just go all in on volleyball. Okay, <laughs> I mean, hey, um, hey, Fred Hoiberg is going to make this team a, a blazing fire of Big Ten crushing. I don't know where I'm going. Sure, why not? Yeah, why not? Um, well, and, and I think even before you you worry about winning the West, you've got to worry about just being able to, you know, have success and, and, and get to a bowl game. You know, I mean, you're not going to win the West at five and seven unless the West. That's where we're at now, isn't it? Right. I mean, bowl, you got to get to a bowl game. You, you know, you got to uh, crawl before you can walk, you know, so. Well, I, I, I agree with that. You can, however, win the division at seven and five. Um, we've had two West Division winners or North Division, whatever they were, um, uh, winners of seven five um, yeah, since 2010. So that that can happen. I don't want it to happen because then you just get demolished by Ohio State <laughs> in the conference championship game, which I'm not sure. You know, that's kind of the booby prize for going seven and five and winning your division, um, but. <laughs> Um, I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm sorry. It's getting late. It is. I think that's a good place to, uh, uh, you know, shut her down for this week. Paul, we thank you for uh, spending some time talking with us and, and bringing all the good news that, that you've brought and all the hope that you filled us all with this week. And uh, um, your lack I of – I feel hope, Phil. And, and, Paul, your lack of pants is to be uh, admired. So thank you. Hey, um, I, I would like to announce that I will be starting a a GoFundMe to to buy a pair of pants, buy a pair of blue jeans. 
Um, I may not ever wear said pair of blue jeans. I mean, let's oh. let's be real. I don't know if you look. I don't know the last time you actually went shopping for blue jeans. I don't think you need a GoFundMe for some blue jeans, Paul. Maybe you could post your size in the Slack room, and we'll just I, no. somebody could send no, that's, you a pair. That's that's never gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, just, that's just not gonna happen. Aww. So ne- next suggestion. <laughs> well, that was the best one that, that I've heard all night. So, uh, Paul, we thank you, John, as always, a, a privilege and an honor to spend an evening chatting with you guys. And uh, uh, you, you've inspired me. When As soon as we uh, are done here, I'm going to take my pants off as well. And uh, that is it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Remember, you can uh, engage, be part of the conversation at uh, the number Five Heart Podcast on Twitter or Five Heart Podcast, all spelled out on Facebook at Coronation on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, uh, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify. Thank you so much for tuning in. And, uh, Paul, you'll help us get on out of here, won't you? I suppose. You know you know how we end. You, you've been around long enough. You know how we end this. For Paul Dalen, yeah. for John Dam Johnston, and myself, Greg Mahachko, we remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go be bread. I'm supposed to say win the damn off season, right? That works. Or since since we're a volleyball school, you could say win the damn match. Win the damn match. Hey, we really could have. Maybe we should have a, a a shout out for for the volleyball team who are once again on their way to like their 94th consecutive Final Four. So <laughs> in in action later uh, tonight in. Uh, Wisconsin. So uh, check it all out wherever you watch your NCAA volleyball tournament, everybody. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Leroy, you were just stupid as hell.